The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing? You know, preparing for uh, another show this weekend. Uh, this one, uh, a fundraiser. We got a toy drive. We got a raffle. And beyond that, we got a really good card. So, yeah. you know, if you don't care about the other stuff, great. Come to the show. You know, and, and if you want to help out, you know, we trying to make it a, a, a little bigger thing this year with the toy drive and 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 the fundraiser stuff so <clears throat> we've gotten some other people on board to kind of see if we can make this uh bigger and better than ever sure um and i know uh, uh lawson david lawson has been doing some stuff with uh the community trying to uh uh you know better things as well um i mean how you know i don't think i've ever asked you this but how far back does it go when you started with fsw um kind of tying into the community and trying to give back you know it, it was pretty early on you know to be honest with you once we had the the first school which was probably 2010 <clears throat> You know, I can't believe we didn't do a toy drive for Christmas. And we also used to do, you know, bring canned food and we would do that for Thanksgiving. So, you know, maybe, may, you know, we, we may have missed some years, but I don't really think we did, you know. And, and I think every year we, you know, used to provide some food and, and, and toys uh, to the shade tree or another good cause somewhere, you know, I always looked at it. It was like, you know what, what we're making, isn't going to make or break anything. If we, if we can help anybody, right. you know, that, that was more important than what we were going to make because, you know, you know, how it is yeah. when, unless you're making millions of dollars, you know, there's really no difference, right. you know, a few hundred here, a few hundred there. It's like, you know what? If, if we're discounting a ticket $10, you know, sure, we might miss out on a few hundred bucks. But, you know, it, it, it's really hard to, you know, even with this, putting things together for, for these causes. And there there's time that's put in, but it takes a lot of work to try to get people involved. You know, I, I made a post like, Hey, everybody really appreciate, you know, if, if you guys could donate a shirt 
you know, that we go to the raffle and then, you know, a whole bunch of people read it and nobody really responds to it. And, and if I ask them, in most cases, they say yes. But when they read stuff, it, it just seems like, you know, so you have to do a little bit more work by saying, hey, you know, we're doing some stuff. Anything you could donate. Oh, but, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But when they read it, 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 it just, you know, over their head. So unfortunately, it becomes a little more difficult process because, you know, we can't expect the fans to buy raffle tickets. And the only thing we're giving away is a pair of Silver Knights tickets. Right. You know, it takes more than that. They're wrestling fans. So I'm pretty sure they'd love a, a Gregory Sharp shirt, a Matt Vandegrift shirt, a Remy Marcel shirt, a, what, you know, whatever it is that we can give or pull in the archives. You know, I found some like old Sean Ricker posters, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> Brian Cage and, and, you know, guys that have obviously gone on to bigger and better things. Go, and go get Cage to sign one of those, man. I should. He, he comes yeah. by every couple of weeks over at the school. Yeah. You know, that. So, you know, uh, Chris Bay, hey, donate something, Chris. He, you know, he, he's going to be on the show. You know, he knew it was a fundraiser show and it was like, oh, okay, cool. And now we have, you know, a really good main event. Yeah. And we have the Mecca Grand Champion and the Heavyweight Champion working together, Chris Bay and Shogun taking on uh, the MK Army. So. Right there is worth the price of admission alone. And and then we got a, a great women's match, two up-and-coming stars in the business, you know, getting their name known. I saw, uh, you know, Brittany Brooks, of course. She's now the Dreamwave champion. And yep. Zamaya made her debut there. So they're going to be there. And then you got a four-way matchup, which is as good as you're going to see. You know, Gregory Sharp, Damian Drake, Matt Vandergriff. And wise guys coming back. And, you know, I, for people who don't know, wise guy is a tremendous talent. It's just hard for us to get him into something because of the distance and, you know, w with so many people that we also have. So, you know, that's a killer matchup right there. Did and you, did, be honest, did you bring him in? Because Christmas time, the three wise guys. Yeah, we're going to do something, uh, the three wise guys instead of the three wise men. Maybe, uh, you know, we can work something now there. But, he, no, he's just a tremendous talent who's always trying to get on our shows. And it's like, you know what? You know, the persistence, you know, here's a guy. He's gotten to work AEW Dark. And, you know, he goes to Mexico. And, and, and he is trem a tremendous asset, you know, Dude, it's you know it's kind of like the the Brandon Gatsons and the Eli Everflies and the Tito and Chase and Royce and Jarrells, and it's like there's so much great talent, and you, you wish you could put all these guys on your show, but unfortunately, there's a school to run, and our our rookie crop of of students, the Foxes and RBJs and AJ Avens and and all these guys, they, they're killing it. So it's like you got to find a spot for them. And then it's like, but you want to find a spot. You know, here's a guy, 10, 12-year veteran in better shape than 95% of anybody's roster. Right. Yeah. Who can work. <clears throat> and it's like, hey, sorry, 
no spot for you. You know, and and, and you get it, you know. AEW, hey, there's only so much room. So no matter how talented somebody is, it, it's it's hard to get that time. And, right. and I see it, you know. In my situation, if I was in AEW, I wouldn't sign that all those guys because it's great to have. But if you can't utilize them, I don't, I don't know what it accomplished. Yeah, but think of how many friends you'd have, Joe, if you signed all those people. Yeah. They'd find a way to be bitter because they wouldn't be on TV because I've talked to numerous of those guys who love the fact that they're getting paid, but they really, and any of it, and I don't think it's like, Oh man, I really want to earn my money. No, you know, it's a national outlet that I want to get out there and I want to be seen and I want to be a star. Yeah. You know, that was what, you know, we heard about QT Marshall, you know, who got, in the biggest spot of his career. You know, he was a guy in ring of honor who was kind of languishing. He was on some shows, got in with the right people at AEW, but felt that he had more to offer as a wrestler. So despite making a lot of money as a wrestler and a producer and the agent, he felt that he's going to take a shot elsewhere because he didn't think AEW was the place for him because he wanted to be a wrestling superstar. Was what the, say, and you know i know a lot of guys that are there that boggle my mind like oh man when they sign lance hoyt i'm like oh this is awesome you know this is lance's chance in the united states to really break out because he is a superstar and they brought him in with some fanfare with jake the snake roberts and then where's he been then he came back a little bit then where's he been and it's like it's hot, cold, hot, cold, push, nowhere to be seen, collect your checks, I guess, you know, and it's disappointing. You know, people were excited about Miro and people were excited about a lot of guys. And it's like, you know, Christian for a while even was kind of brought in big fanfare and then kind of disappeared. And then they then they restarted everything. And now he's he's a guy who is a mainstay. You hear the legends, the Hardys complaining about, you know, that they feel they have more to offer. Yeah. So that becomes the issue with having too many guys, girls, just too much talent on a roster because, as I say to my guys, you know, there's only eight or nine wins. There's eight wins on a card, you know. Yeah there's 23 people that think they should be pushed into higher realms. And it's like, you got to understand, you know, for a while we had only heel champions. Right. So now when Gregory Sharp's defending and Braxton was defending and ice was defending and the faction were defending Viva Van was the only female was the only uh, you know baby yeah. champion that we had. So now we've taken up five five or six spots. So now how many spots were left for a wise guy who comes in as a heel? Well, he's not a champion, and we got five heels. Well, I also had to find a spot for a Brett the Threat, or I had to find a spot for Jordan Oasis, or – you know, and that's where the multi-mans came in to right. you know get a few extra guys into that mix. 
and now we're shockingly the polar opposite. Now it's like, okay, we got Bodie as a baby face. We got Royce and Jarrell. We got Jacob Austin Young. We got Shogun. We got Chris Bay. We got Hammerstone. You know, he, him and Limelight are kind of doing their thing. So, okay, well, that gives Limelight an opportunity. But what about the breadth of threats of the world that are up and coming? They're, they're strong guys. But unless they're getting a title shot, because, hey, is, is, is Gregory Sharp? He's in a four-way. Uh, we got Bateman now. So he's kind of involved with Jake Boston Young. We got Hero Lou. We got the MK Army. It's like how many of those guys are fitting in the spots on shows? And having two shows back-to-back, for for me, it becomes easier. Because, okay, I had Bateman on the last show. Well, I don't need Bateman on this show. It's a week later. It's okay. Jake Boston Young was on the last one. Bodie's on this one. But when we don't do a show every week or we only do happen to do like one bigger show for that month. Right. Shit. If I get all my champions on, that means if you're not a champion, if you're not challenging for a title, there's very little leeway to get. As we've seen over the last year, Graves has been utilized far less just because of, of situations, not because of anything. He's a, he's always ready, willing, and able to go. And, you know, he's been, you know, an all-time great in FSW. Yeah. You know, Cody was injured. But for a couple of months, Cody still had to wait for an opportunity to pop up. Right. Because, you know, what am I doing? Hey, Cody's been gone for four months. Now he's been gone for six months. Let me bring him back and have him wrestle some kid at Future Shock. Well, you know, people are excited if they're if they're going to see, you know, cutthroat Cody make his return. Yeah. So too much talent isn't always the best thing. <laughs> um, and I think it was this week uh, you – you know, uh, put out a post about um, how the the rookie class is, you know, one of the biggest uh, talent pools that you guys have had in forever. So you have not only the established talent and trying to figure it out, but now you have all these pieces that are going to eventually have to fit in somewhere. You know, and, and the thing is, it, it it's more than just, okay, is he good enough? Sure. A lot of times there's going to be people good enough. But it's pushing the envelope when you're good enough and you're, gonna, you're going out there and hustling to sell a bunch of tickets. Right. You're good enough. There's a difference. So now instead of just being on Future Shock, Oliver Canada, I, ne- I needed somebody to wrestle Hero Lou. I wanted a big guy. You know, I could I could have went outside Las Vegas and and used one of the the Jake Goldies and the Leo Canitos and and guys that we have got from Tito School or Dom School and, and guys that we've put in position. But it was like, you know what? Oliver's had opportunities. He he was gone for a while. He's come back and he's looked very good. 
and he moves tickets and he's local. So it's like, why wouldn't I give him a shot to see how he hangs with the big boys? And he did very well for himself. And then we had a triple threat match and it was Damian Desire, who's, you know, really eager to make his way here in FSW, good friends with Jacob Boston Young. And it was like, okay, uh, Fox Valentine, he's done really, really well in the opportunities he's got. I'm going to put him in the match. And then Jay Vidal's uh, protege, even though they had their up and downs at the end, AJ Avon. As I said to him, I said, you know, you're really talented. You can be a big pain in the fucking ass at times. And you kind of irritate me at times. But when it comes to his work, he is very, very good. Get a little muscle on that kid. You know, right now he's real small. But he's got a charisma personality about him that's infectious to people. And... Him and Jay Vidal, you know, killed it. And you can give Jay all the credit in the world. Hey, he's the veteran. You know, he led the kid, blah, blah, blah. But the kid's also got to do the work. And he's got to go out there and execute. And he executed really well. And you have RBJ who's gone in there. And you got John Trademark and Raw Reese who finally got another opportunity. He did very, very well for himself when he wrestled Oliver, uh, when he wrestled uh, on that show. And it was like, wow, you know, Tanaya has done good things in the women's division. So these are all people that have really been wrestling, maybe Oliver here and there, but then again, he was gone for a while, but no more than a year into the business of wrestling matches. Right. And it's like, you know, even the younger, younger guys and Adrian Rain. Hey, I'm selling 15, 17 tickets, you know. And right now we're going to do a battle royal, no limits. And generally, you know, unless you're Willie Mack and you're 280 doing all the super cool stuff, that's not a match for uh, a Sanders or an Oliver candidate. Right. That's a match that RBJ and Fox and AJ and Enrique Calderon or Flyboy Freddy from Arizona – and a Chase Bell, and a Brandon G. You know, they're going to be part of this battle royal, even a Jordan Oasis. Damian Drake was going to be in it until he got added to the four-way. And the winner of that No Limits battle royal will get him will get a match for the No Limits championship that night against Bodie. So I know there's a lot of eager individuals that are going to want to throw their name into the hat, but it also gets the youngsters another opportunity to be seen. Right. So, you know, as I said, the the fundraiser toy drive aside, this is a really good wrestling show. And then if you're a wrestling fan, you know, there's also a really good cause that is the, the cherry on top. So, you know, December 16th, we got some really good things happening at the FSW arena. So, you know, we... we MK added uh, Big Duke Lawrence, who's a guy that's been seen around town uh, here and there. And he's he's like the stratosphere, Joe. You see him all around town because that guy is so damn big. You know, and when he came out, didn't wrestle, 
But when he came out last week, it was like, wow, this guy really fits the MK Army mold size-wise, you know. He's a a big motherfucker. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to see that guy in an alleyway. No. And, you know, he's going to get an opportunity. You know, he did pretty well in the Battle Royal, you know. My, my issues with him was I, I wanted to see more of a commitment and hadn't really talked with him for a while. And I'm like, hey, got an opportunity. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit in the in the in, in the rumble match. And he quickly jumped at it. And obviously, MK talked with him and MK hero, you know, Big Duke and, and Koa. Those are some yeah. boys. Oh, super heavyweights. And, you know, Duke's getting thrown right into the fire. You know, he's got a tag match against Chris Bay and Shogun. Yeah. You know, if he shocks the world and pins one of them, fuck. But there's another guy that, yeah, sure, we can use him as a bodyguard. We can use him in certain situations. But a guy of his size is going to want to beat up some people. Right. So now it's like, oh, okay, well, here's another guy that probably needs some matches. Because, again, he, he's quite young in the business. Got a lot of raw talent, you know. He's been coming on and off to the school for a while. You know, hopefully we can get him in there full time. Because, you know, anybody we feel that we can get full time into the FSW school is going to learn way more. Because... Disrespect, no disrespect. We, we're the school in Las Vegas. We, we have the best talent. We have the best trainers. The other ones are, you know, stop and start, and sometimes there's training. And from what I understand now, there's really no other training going on at this point. Right. And when there was, it still didn't reach the levels that we've had. So let me, let me ask you uh, this question because I think you just made a point that's, you know, kind of reflective on how hard it is to run a school, keep a school open, develop talent, have talent go on and, you know, sign and and make their names in the business. Is it just that much easier for, you know, someone who has the money, uh, who has the connections to put on shows and, use local talent or bring in, you know, one or two people uh, to, to kind of sprinkle in with local talent uh, and run a show once a month or once every other month um, as compared to trying to, you know, almost make a, for lack of a better term, you know, a factory in which you can develop and keep everything going for, you know, years on end. You know, here's the here's the truth of it all. Any motherfucker can run a show. All you got to do is put up some money and you run a show. You go rent a ring. You go rent a venue. You put yourself out. Depending, you know, a lot of the shows most of the time aren't bringing in John Morrison or Matt Hardy or fucking Rhino or anybody they're using a lot of FSW students and people they may like from Arizona or California. 
So they're not spending money on a, a real venue like a, a Silver Nugget or Silverton or Samstown. Be real. They're using littler places that are costing them way less money. So to me, the key word is commitment. I have to commit whether I like it or not. And I'll tell you 100%. Most of the time, I don't. Of running a day-to-day -day fucking school. Of chasing people down and doing stuff. But I have to pay rent. So if you don't pay me, Matt, and the other guy doesn't pay me, my landlord's like, oh, okay, well, when Matt pays you, let me know you can pay your rent. No, we got to pay our fucking nut. I got to pay Kenny King to train. I got to pay Cody to train. I got to pay Remy to train. I got to pay Sin Bodhi to train. And if they're not here and Chris Bay comes in, I got to pay Chris Bay to train and D'Lo Brown to train. Yeah. Now, I can erase all that because we are established. So right. I say, you know what? That's why I say, hey, lease is up. Do I want to take that five or six thousand dollars a month? Because you're not paying your dues for the next 10 years. So guys like AJ and Fox started 250 a month and now they pay less and then they pay less and then they pay less. So guess what? I need to find five or six or seven more new guys that want to come in and start at the high number because that's where you're going to cover most of your rent is from the brand new students. Right. I'm not getting dues because it's a wash with the, the breadth of threats and the Nick Xanders and, and the guys who've been doing it, the, the ices and the heroes and the shoguns, they come in and there's an exchange where they don't get paid as much. But now those guys are further along to where they don't pay to train and they get paid. So, I have to find X amount of dollars. Well, I can't find it from them. So I have to get new students. So I could just sit back and not run a school. I got two rings. I just saw Ricky sold one of his 20 foot rings for a good chunk of change. And ours is in great shape. And we got two of them. So we only need one at that point now. So I could bring in money there, not do anything, and then just run a show. And now, by running a show, the other guy's got it great. Ricky runs a show. Millhouse runs a show. Super Beast runs a show. They just get to pick whatever guys they like. Hey, I like this guy. I'm going to use him. I'm going to use that guy. They don't have to rely on the fact that they have a school, and it hurts them as a school if the reputation comes out that they aren't using their own students. Now it looks like, well, these guys are obviously just taking their money. Right. Again, may not be true. It may be that they're not ready or whatever. But as I've stated over the years, there's guys like Royce and Jarrell and Tito and Che and Gatson and Eli Everfly and, and Wise Guy. And, and all these guys that are better than our students but we're trying to develop our students. Right. So if I didn't get Chris Bay on a show until 10 months instead of three or four months, how fast would have he have progressed? Right. Yeah. Now, did Chris Bay start getting on other people's show at six or eight months? Probably. Why? Because 
he had the FSW to show, hey, I've done this, I've done this. People aren't being like, well, oh, that looks pretty good. How long have you been doing it? Uh, four months. Oh, no, I can't use you even though you look really good. No, fuck no. You know they're going to get him cheap. And they're like, oh, shit, this kid's been doing it for four months. He's really good. Yeah. So I have to, as a smart business owner, if I can utilize my students because they're good enough, you want to give them the opportunities. That's why it was always, hey, there's nine matches. Hey, there's a pre-show. Oh, there's a six-man tag. That's not because that's what I wanted to do, but it's because I wanted to give AJ or Fox or RBJ an opportunity, you know, or back in the day when it was gorgeous and young and it was Greg Romero and Jake Boston young and they'd get on a pre-show match. Well, they weren't really ready to have a full length regular match on Silverton to take away from using the Reno scum or Tito and Che. No, those were the casino guys. This is your getting your foot wet in front of a crowd of three, four, five hundred people. Let's see how you do in the pre-show. And some guys sank and some guys swam really, really well. But we also push people, same with the training, because it's Vegas. And as I always explain, hey, who works one to nine? Who works nine to five? Who works five to one? Right. All over the place. Right. While you can go to, say, Phoenix and you can have class five days a week and you can have beginners monday tuesday thursday at 7 30 because 90 percent of them have probably gotten off their jobs at work right so they have you know there's a lot more limited opportunities to work at four in the morning in phoenix than there would be in vegas or in any or in la or, or whatever it is so all of a sudden our beginners are thrown in there and they can walk in on any given day and they could have been eight guys who just wrestled on the casino show also there trying to get in their work. So, you know, we try to differentiate it a little bit, but we also push the younger guys at a higher rate than a lot of other schools who are trying to milk the money for as long as possible. Right. You heard talk about, you're sweeping the gym for the first month. You know, you're not getting in the ring for the third month. And if you are in the ring, you're, you're just doing a roll and you're running the ropes. And that's pretty much the length of it. So, you know, I wish I had it where it was like, and that's kind of like what the Mecca was where, Hey, I'm just going to run a fucking show. I'm not relying on any, anybody from FSW unless that's what I want. And initially, that's what we did. And then it was like, wait, I got some guys here that I think are good enough. And as I said, that's why a Hammerstone got the opportunity to work at Callahan and across and a lot of the guys who got on. You know, we probably had three or four FSW guys on the first Mecca. And then by the fifth or sixth, you know, there was probably 10. So, you know, you live and you learn. You know, I, I think I was incorrect in what my thought process was. Hey, I'm going to make the Mecca a totally different entity. Well, that's now a totally new brand that you have to create. FSW is already the brand. Let me incorporate the Mecca as part of FSW because it only makes FSW bigger. 
instead of FSW's here. And now we're going to do the Mecca, and it's going to be this kind of show. But we're only doing it twice a year, so it kind of gets forgotten about. Well, if it's part of the FSW experience, now uh, it means a little more. Right. People know of FSW, and then they know the Mecca, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's their big-time show. So it's pretty known, you know, especially through the wrestlers. Man, you know, hey, any chance of getting on the Mecca show? I get that. Sure. Because they yeah. want to showcase, because they know there's going to be 10 to 15 major name talents on that show. Right. So, um, you know, speaking of Mecca's and thinking about anniversaries and, you know, you've, you've talked a little bit about um, potentially wanting to possibly do the 15th anniversary at the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, how do you uh, feel about the fact that uh, TK beat you to it? He's got billions of dollars behind him. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> you know, that's not going to affect us in any way. Sure. You know, they, they, where, where is Tony Khan going to be for the Super Bowl? In Vegas, because the Super exactly. Bowl is in Vegas. So why not run a show? Right. You know what? There's going to be thousands of NFL people. Hey, this is a great way to maybe bump WWE from being able to give out those WWE belts to the NFL teams, inviting them to their product. And people, casual fans, know who Chris Jericho is. And casual fans know who Sting is. And maybe John Moxley and, and some of these guys. Now, it's not like double or nothing where, okay, we're going to do this Memorial Day weekend. And we're going to get all these people driving from Arizona and Utah and, and California. I think that strategically he did this the day before the Super Bowl because he's going to try to offer tickets and comps to as many people as he can that are involved in, in the NFL. Yep. Yep. And now he might be able to get himself a partnership. Because if he lost $100,000 on that show, he could give a flying fuck. Right. Him losing 100000 on the show is me losing 100 bucks on the show. It's right. like, who cares? You know, if you can get people there. The reason we want to run at the Dollar Loan Center is because, spoiler alert, we want to offer as many free tickets as possible. The only tickets that you would buy instead of for a 40 or $50 Mecca show for front row, we're probably going to charge you 20 bucks and, you know, $10 for the floor seating and everything else is free. So how many family and friends? And the idea is kind of like tough enough's pack the Mac Thank and they you. play the tickets yep. and it looks great on camera, but it gets so many people maybe now aware because you find sponsors. Hey, this is what we're doing. We got, you know, the, the suites available and, you know, maybe you pay a uh, hundred bucks for the suite, whatever it is. And you put eight of your friends in there and they got the seats for that or whatever it is. And we do big meet and greets and, and, and autograph signings and the sponsorships. And that's what pays for everything, you know. I love Shogun. I love Chris Bay. I love Hammerstone, but they're not selling out the Dollar Loan Center. So 
I got to go out there and find Pentagon and Phoenix, the Hardy Boys, John Morrison, make, you know, my connections with the people. Hey, RVD, what kind of favor could you do for me being there? You know, your girls use my ring. You know, we get along pretty well, blah, blah, blah. You right. know, hey, Greg the Hammer Valentine comes out of retirement, Sabu, whatever. You know, you have all those guys there to sign the Godfather. I worked with him for years. Did, did, you, know, you, did, you, just, did you just make a match there, Greg Valentine versus Sabu? There you go. <laughs> you, you might as well get the casket ready for that and just make it a casket. You know, I, I, I believe uh, Sabu has wrestled in a tables match for us back in the uh, Beers and Body Slams days. I think that was when Santana Jackson went, uh, you know, viral. Yeah. It was at that same show. Why couldn't we do Chris Bay concert? Why couldn't we do, you know, a whole bunch of different things? Like, my mind, poof, of all the things that we can incorporate in a full one-day event, you know, card and collectibles, tables around the arena three hours before the show. You know, it's free, you know, pay for the meet and greets. Like, I, I believe it can be had. You know, I believe that an FSW show that I put together will draw more than their professional volleyball league will draw. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Have you seen those volleyballers? Uh. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've never seen a stadium full of people watching it. <laughs> you know, the beach volleyball league. Oh, how great is this? And there's 20 people around the fucking beach watching. The rest are swimming. <laughs> or a tan. Uh, so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just very interesting, you know, the, the idea that that can be done um where you know that interest in the community i think that's the biggest thing is uh awareness and getting a draw of people who might not have gotten a chance to see the product over the years um you know get an opportunity to come in and it's almost it, it, in a weird way it's almost like throwing an open house you know, it, it, it's like, as I said, my mind is swirling. You know, I deal with Gabe Sapolsky. I'm friends with Davari. There's people inside WWE. Hey, you know, and I get it. I'm not Booker T in any way. And Booker T works for actually WWE. And he's able to get NXT people there and stuff. But hey, you know, Zoe Stark, Karen Cross, Solo Sokoa. I'm not even going to say an L.A. night, but we signed three people and Solo Sokoa is a main person on that show. We have a good relationship. Hey, you know, we're having our 15th anniversary. Any chance, you know, you can send one of our alumni guys that we trained to maybe make an appearance. You know, and again, long shot of long shots, but you got to take your shot. Sure. Hey, don't forget, 
Go see Solo Sokoa at FSW's 15th anniversary show. Like, that, that isn't beyond crazy. Or, hey, you know, maybe we have to buy a commercial that goes on DirecTV and the cable because there's so many different avenues to watch it. But getting it out there to, you know, when John Moxley is announced to be at Walmart, there's a line of 500 people there. Right. And that's with just seeing it or just hearing about it. You know, uh, imagine if it's it's a full-blown, hey, on the radio, whatever it is, a billboard. Yeah. To the Dollar Loan Center. Yeah. Next to Samstown. It doesn't matter. You know, I remember when we had the billboard with Matt Hardy and Rebby and we had Tyshawn and a few others uh, that were on there. And it wasn't that every 10 seconds it changed. You know, that was the one time that they really, hey, you know, and we drew huge. Yeah. Now, did we draw huge because it was Matt Hardy, Brian Cage in the TLC match? Maybe. But everything had to help having a billboard next to boulder station that is up there for 30 days straight 24 7 i have to believe there was a lot of people at that show that never knew about fsw before. sure and if that's our foot in the door you know hey you know we can have posters around the dollar loan center. So when the silver Knights play and the Nighthawks play and the pro volleyball plays and G league plays, you know, you continually see it. And it isn't like, here's a poster of who's Shogun, who's hero. No, but you, you put the Hammerstones and the Chris Bays and, and, and the guys that, you know, but, Oh shit, that's John Morrison. Oh shit, it's the Hardy Boys. Oh, it's Rhino. Oh, it, you know, I I have the Rolodex. It ain't a Rolodex anymore. You know, it's it's you just hit them up, you know, it's in the phone. You know, I, I got a lot of wrestlers in there, and there's a lot of wrestlers who worked in FSW or before they were stars that went on to FSW. And, you know, hot rumor about WrestleMania coming to Vegas uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. Pretty tight with GCW. Hey, maybe we want Andrade. I can go through him to get him. You know, Vikingo. Do you think the Latin community wouldn't come out in droves? Yeah. To see, you know... Again, sometimes those matches can't happen, AAA versus CMLL or whatever. But there's so much talent that we have access to these days that in the past you couldn't because if it was WWE or WCW, they couldn't work anywhere else. But now you have a national contract with New Japan. Jeff Cobb can still work for me. Yeah. You know, Brian Cage can work for me. Lance Hoyt can work for me. You know, we got Sanjay Dutt over there. Jay hey, Lethal, Jay Lethal, can, Jay Lethal can, can, can finally work for me. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, you know, all these guys we have really good relationships with. And having a good relationship 
means something, but it doesn't mean everything because if we're paying fucking cash, you know, Matt Cardona, whatever. You pay Matt Cardona, he's going to push the shit out of the show. Right. And he's going to draw. So, hey, love to have Matt Cardona on a show. Yeah. You can do that if that's what we're shooting for. Now, again, are there other avenues other than the Dollar Loan Center? Sure. I guess we can overpay to be at Sam's Town. But I think the hype of the Dollar Loan Center, it's just a beautiful, brand-new building that looks fucking great. And, you know, I think it's great because – I only have to wait two months to see what wrestling would look like in the dollar loan center instead of having to figure it out myself. Yeah. So Tony Khan did that for me too. Um, when you, uh, when you look at uh, what's coming up uh, this week, um, is there any of the matches that stand out to you? I mean, we talked about how good the card is. But is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to because it might progress uh, a story or create something going forward into, uh, you know, the the new year? Well, you know, we always want to see where our new talent takes us. So, for example, uh, you know, a breadth of thread. He's a guy who's he's way ahead of a, an AJ and a Fox and, and all that. So he's going to wrestle Andy Delgado, who a lot of people seem to be very high on. So Brett is now back into the mix. You know, he had some issues going back with what he was going to do with MMA and, and took a little break. And now he's he's focused on the wrestling. And, you know, so he's a guy that we expect big things from. You know, in 2024. Unfortunately, 2023 was kind of an up and down year for him. And, and he didn't wrestle in a lot of it. So his growth, you know, I'm always excited to see. I want to see what Big Duke does. Like, I know what Ko is going to do. I know what Shogun's going to do. I know what Bay's going to do. I think the four-way has the potential to be fantastic. Because even though Sharp, Vandegrift, and Damian Drake know each other really, really well. They haven't been in a match together in a long time. Yeah. And wise guy added to the mix is a little is a little something fresh for the fans, but he's a guy who realistically is at their level, but the FSW fans probably aren't aware of that. Right. And you know that that's a showcase match. So so again, it's 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 giving the spotlight to the people. It's like heroes broken out huge. As as part of the MK Army, he is right now a top five, maybe a top three guy in FSW. So putting Oliver in there, like oh okay cool. You know th this kid hang hung with him. You know, he has the potential, you know, and it also makes guys like that work harder. Like, hey, man, I hung with a guy that came from the school and, and 
a few years later, he's broken out to be a main event guy. Yeah. FSW wants main event guys to be people that we brought up through the system. Sure. But if you're not good enough, you're not going to be gifted that. So you have to earn your right to be in that position. So that's why the Hammerstone, the Graves, the Classes, Devin Reno's on his way up, but Jordan Cruz is on his way up. You know, some of these out-of-town guys, I don't look at them as out-of-town guys. I look at them as FSW guys. And some FSW guys who live in Arizona are more FSW guys than ones that live in Las Vegas because their agenda is not us. Of yeah, they they love being here and everything, but we're not their number one priority. You know, they they aren't like, hey, I'm good for you, but if FSW has a show, I got to double check. It's like I'm booked over here. Okay, see you later. So, I have to take care of those who take care of me, and put me first. Sure. So you know, and again. Everybody has to have that little bit of, hey, I'm, I'm good enough. I deserve this. I deserve to be there instead of here. Because if you don't ever believe that you're supposed to be the main event guy, then you're probably not going to be. You know, right. I'm pretty sure I've heard from Shogun the last couple of years that he deserves to be a main event guy. And... You know, he kind of got detoured doing the tag thing with Hero. Um, as we uh, wrap it up here, um, what, uh, you know, you, you have the uh, New Year's Eve show uh, coming up. Uh, is there anything that you've thought about for that so far that, uh, you know, was something people could look forward to? Is there going to be like a special type of match or a grudge match? Well, like we're doing the North Pole Street Fight on Saturday with Ricky Tenacious and Sinner Claws, uh, you know, countdown to midnight, you know, we're probably going to come up with some stuff. I haven't yet. I do know that the uh, last tag team eliminator match, the Suavecitos against the Poe Boys, will be happening on uh, New Year's Eve. But, you know, waiting to see the commitments. I talked to some people. Uh, I know Brittany Brooks is going to be there. Uh, I, I got to find out what's going up on with Hero and Shogun and and a lot of our, our mainstay guys. I, I, I probably talked to some, and I do know some that are going to be there. Offhand, I can't think of who, but I haven't really put together a card just because we had those two shows in two weeks. So now that everything's set, I still have a couple of days before the show Saturday. So, you know, when I go to the school tonight and I'll see, you know, what's going on uh, with some of our talent, you know, if Bodie's going to be there, it ain't like he's going to be out at a club drinking on the strip. So, you know, there might be a good chance Bodie uh, will be on the show. So, you know, he, he is allowed now to stay up that late. Well, it's he New Year's Eve. His mommy will let him stay out late, I think. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, 
you know, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're anticipating a lot, uh, coming up with, uh, TNA officially relaunching as TNA here in a couple of weeks. Uh, anything on that front that, uh, is coming along, uh, you know, have you, have they been in touch with you and have you talked about anything with them? No, uh, unfortunately, all they do now is hire us to do the ring crew for them and use our ring and use our guardrails. There's never really been any talk since, you know, a few years back about using our talent as extras and things like that, which is the disappointing part, you know. And I get it. On the pay-per-view, there's usually no spots available. Everything's going to be set. They're not going to give a match. But, you know, the next day when there's tapings, you know, it, it, it would be nice that they utilize some of our core group. You know, we have really good talent. And, you know, D'Lo's part of it. So hopefully he's, you know, pushing, you know, for some matches. You know, I know in the past a couple guys had gotten put on. Even like, you know, Clutch and Sugar Brown. They, they were waiting. They were told they were going to have a match. And then nothing came of it. And... Yeah. You know, it's a TV taping. I'm pretty sure a five-minute match wouldn't have killed any anything, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, they, they have a product that they're promoting, that they're concerned about their stuff. And, you know, I understand it, but I just wish we could get more. And, it, and that's what it's really it, it's about. They don't owe us anything, you right. know. But you'd hope that, hey, we build a relationship for X amount of time. Hey, Joe, you know, hey, I'd like to give you guys a match. Like, that's what I would think. But, you know, I'm not a higher up. So I don't have that decision to make. Because then yeah. it becomes, oh, hey, Joe, give us four guys. Well, now five and six are going to be pissed off at me that I picked that guy over that guy. So, so, right. you know, so in all honesty, it, it's a can't win situation, but all you can kind of do is present, Hey, we got great talent. We got these guys, they've done this, you know, if you want to take a look at them and, and, and hopefully uh, there's a few guys maybe that are on their radar that D'Lo has, you know, smartened them up to, cause you know, not everybody from Canada has a visa. So, you know, they can't use a guy if they can't get to the United States. So maybe one or two of them will have a visa problem that they're bringing in. Uh, that uh, is a good place to end for this week. Uh, everyone, again, check out the show uh, this Saturday night. Uh, 7 p.m. start, right? 7 p.m. It'll be on Fight Plus once again. Well worth the $7.99. That's... Uh, There'll be three shows just of FSW in December. Actually, there's going to be five because we're going to air never-before-seen Future Shocks on uh, Christmas weekend. Ah, perfect. Never-before-seen Future Shocks. Uh, Other than the, the people that shocks? were in the venue. Yeah. Are those, are those the Future Shocks that just uh, didn't get up there? No, because we didn't start airing in uh, until late May, and initially we didn't put any of the future shocks on. 
and, and, and at, at, you know, for the first six months of the year, we only put the uh, pay-per-view events on Fight Plus, and the High Octanes and Future Shocks were on the FSW network. So, yeah, the that's it happens to put it all, you know, on the platform. Let's get the views. Yeah, make the big oh. dots. <laughs> And again, remember, if you're coming down to the FSW Arena, uh, you can uh, bring some toys for the toy drive. Yes, bring two toys. So a $20 general admission ticket, if you bring two toys, is only 10 bucks. There we go. And uh, bring some extra cash for uh, some of the hot uh, For the raffle. Items. Yeah, hot items are going to be on raffle. Uh, maybe uh, a Ricky Tenacious t-shirt. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, you know, I heard Ricky Tenacious will come to your house on your birthday and sing mm-hmm. happy birthday for you at the party. You know, that, that could be one of the prizes. Uh, it, is Brandon G thrown in? Do you get greatness thrown in? Yes, yes, that, that's the bonus. <laughs> All right, everyone, until uh, next week, take care.